Welcome to episode three of the Chi-Town Shoot Wrestling Podcast. I'm Marcin, and joining me in the squared circle tonight are David, Chris, and Andres. We're coming at you from the heart of the wrestling world, Chicago, Illinois, bringing you the latest news, hottest takes, and all things WWE and AEW. And don't forget, folks, send us your thoughts, questions, and anything you want, really, to Chi-Town Shoot Podcast at gmail.com. We'll tackle your comments in the Chi-Town Shoot mailbag. Without further ado, guys, let's jump into the latest information. But before we start that, how's everybody doing today? I feel like that's always a good way to start off the podcast. Yeah, because we're not AI. We're four human beings. So exactly. How yeah, are we sure. fucking doing? You said you, you said you did Tekken right before we jumped on, right? Oh, yeah. how's, how's your Tekken going? That was a sweat fest. I was getting fucking mad, dropping slurs. <laughs> Like it's Oop. it's it's like a tick, man. Like if if, <laughs> if, I'm, if I don't I'm know this guy, <laughs> like fuck, oh. not like racial slurs, really not racial slurs. Yeah, What does that mean? Like, slurs indicate like, like fuck. Man. Three beers, <laughs> four beers, <laughs> some whiskey. <laughs> yeah, no, it was. Uh, it was it was rough. I got the win. I hate I hate like when you fight somebody who's like a low rank. So let's say like I'm Vanquisher or whatever, and then I fight like a blue rank. I'm like ah, and like if you win, you get like sixty points. If you lose, you get forty. But I'm just like uh, I want to be grinding <laughs> here. Yeah. yeah, what a start. It was alright. <laughs> I'm uh, also gaming as well. I'm playing the new like a dragon still. I haven't touched Tekken since I started playing this. I, talk, I, I played Tekken, I beat the story, and then I just stopped. I went right to Like a Dragon. I'm about 85% done, I guess, according to what it says, in story okay. mode-wise. Damn, you're almost but finished the story. So Damn, yeah. Yeah. At, least <laughs> At least somebody <laughs> will. <laughs> right? I think it's a football game today too. I think I don't know. There's some yeah, something with some owl or some shit. I don't superb, yeah. superb owl. owl. <laughs> yeah. There's there's a Super Bowl during the Usher concert. There exactly. is. Exactly. <laughs> I'm just gonna catch it on YouTube, <laughs> and probably a bunch of shots of Taylor Swift too in the audience. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Or a Taylor Swift Usher uh, collab. Taylor Swift yelling home run. The needle mover, Taylor Swift. She is the, the needle mover. She's the ball. Punk. Yeah, it's it's all marketing. I mean, they're just taking a lot of shit from pro wrestling. They're like making it like super hype. You know, they're trying to make it super entertaining. Otherwise, I mean, honestly, hey, more power to them. They said that it's going to be like the highest rated Super Bowl ever. Apparently, people say a lot of sh- stuff online. I'm trying to. Um, <laughs> well, they gave it away Paramount Plus. Well, are they? They showed it. Free trial. It's a free trial to watch it on there or something like that. Oh One Bill Dude. Phil. One Bill Phil, baby. <laughs> they showed um, Taylor Swift coming to the arena with Space Ice, too. Ice Spice? Yep. <laughs> I was like, Space Ice? Who the hell is Space Ice? Ice Spice. Space X? <laughs> SpaceX, Elon Space Musk, <laughs> the temp Spice Girl, I Spice. Well, I think that's a good place to end. And how about the news this week? There's a lot of news that is going on. We have 
new contract signings. We had a press conference that went completely off the rails and is putting WWE in a position that I don't think we've seen them in a long time, or if ever, really, in terms of their booking and their storytelling. But we'll start with the recent signings. Uh, the first one that seems to be essentially confirmed is Mercedes Monet, formerly known as Sasha Banks. She's officially heading to AEW. Um, she, re she was secretly on the AEW payroll since January, according to Fightful Select. No, okay. Her official debut will be at the big business event in Boston on March 13th. It feels like they're essentially doing the same thing they did with CM Punk. It's a lot of kind of a uh, wink, nod type stuff. Um, so... <laughs> Yeah, the Forest Whitaker. <laughs> Forest, yeah, exactly. The Forest Whitaker. Exactly. Don't tag him. Don't tag him. I'm sorry. He's Louise. Uh, so during these negotiations, she did sign with AEW, but she was also uh, working with WWE to try and get a contract that uh, worked for her. Unfortunately, that side failed due to financial issues. So AEW reached an agreement with her shortly after WWE's talks ended, and now her impact in AEW seems to be something that a lot of people are talking about. Um, what do you guys think about Mercedes going to AEW? Do you feel like her, her presence is going to elevate the women's division? How do you think Tony Khan is going to use her in AEW? What do you guys think? I think they finally got like a real worker, like like somebody that could go with that like fifteen twenty without like really slowing down. Yeah. For sure. I mean she she's obviously a name. So I think there's gonna be initial kind of shot in the arm kind of a thing, just out of curiosity. But the cynical side of me says it's gonna be very short lived. It's gonna taper off probably by like summertime, like the the hype, the the newness or whatever. Unless they have like a true plan and it's like something that's super like stands out for that specific division, the women's division. Um I mean good, but is it worth the money? I'm guessing he paid like a fuck ton of money for for Mercedes Monet. I yeah. wish I knew what that contact the the contract was. That's probably an interesting thing to know. But hey, man, if he wants to burn money, good for him. I mean, Char Charlotte Flair, her her contract, uh, her contract uh, issue with WWE when when they were renewing her contract, according to news outlets like Fightful, she received the highest uh, contract signing award money salary for uh, yeah, salary <laughs> uh, uh, out of any women wrestler ever. So. Sasha Banks must or Sasha Banks Mercedes must have been asking for something that's considerably higher for WWE not to want to pay her. That's, that's what it sounds like, right? Yeah. And I feel like her going to AEW, yeah, that's gonna bring you know, good for the women's division and stuff. Obviously, she's very talented in the ring and stuff. But yeah, I mean, like, man, what was the fact that WWE can even afford it? Wow, you know. Well, they could afford it. They could afford it, but just didn't want to, I guess. You know, not for her love. They're like, oh, Tony. Yeah, I think they that. could afford it, but the the roster that they currently have, perhaps they felt like they they didn't need that kind of presence. Yeah, in the roster because they have a lot it's to work with. Yeah. yeah, she could definitely do more. I feel in AEW, 
Um, she could, but yeah. patterns with AW booking and signing new yeah. talent and saying, you know, hello, we have Jay White, we have uh, Will Ospreay, who hasn't joined yet uh, 100%, but these kinds of people who are given the red carpet, Tony Khan says this is an amazing signing, he puts them on TV, he jumbles together some dream matches, and then they kind of get kind of get lost in the shuffle, and there isn't a coherent story buildup for these kinds of stars that he signs. And I think that's partially why there's this ongoing online sentiment about Tony Khan calling his wrestlers action figures because it feels more of like a collection of wrestlers as opposed to building coherent storylines. And, you know, Vince McMahon, Ooh. he liked to do everything and liked to have oh. his finger in every single uh, aspect <laughs> of the business. Yeah. But with with WWE, he did have a writing team still. So Tony Khan maybe wants to imitate Vince in that business, but he he is not implementing an infrastructure when it comes to story building like WWE should. And he honestly should because there are so many people on his roster. He has so, so much amazing talent. And right now it feels like AEW is putting like one women match one women's segment per dynamite per collision. And they've been getting a little better recently this year, but it's still not, it's still not as good as the kind of talent that they have that should be exposed and being taken advantage of like Athena for whatever reason, she's on ring of honor. She should be used better. You got sky blue. You got Deanna Perazzo. You got, uh, the, the maid chick. I forgot her name. <laughs> Thunder Rosa. Um, but, you got Thunder Rosa. You got Britt Baker. Like she's where's where's Britt Baker? You she's know? Taking care of Adam Cole. Well, I, she could take care of Adam Cole and she could also be on TV. And I and she's still she, a dentist during the week. She's a she's a dentist, but she she also said, and I don't think <laughs> what she posted on uh, X or Twitter or whatever you want to call it, I don't think that was an angle when she was complaining on Twitter or X that she only had like one segment the entire year in 2023. I think that was legitimate. So just to play proof, just to play devil's advocate, how much how much of the kind of the online narrative and perspective of current AEW is 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 the fault of that like like the the viewership on tv how much is that just like people just reading something on the internet and then they're just like oh i guess that's true and then they just don't even tune in you know what i mean like like the cornets and stuff like that like there there's a lot of this like kind of like negativity through their 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 talking points or whatever and i think there's a lot of just that echo chambery shit just kind of going through the internet wonder how much of that's affecting like viewership well it's affected well it could affect viewership but what if you're if you as an AEW viewer and you and david and maybe andres you watch more than i do because i watch uh, a little to none do you feel like that perception is reflective in the product as it stands right now do you think those patterns that people complain about are accurate I think it's a little off. 
I think it's extreme for sure. I think I think there are yeah. there are issues, but I don't see I don't see it as like this fucking like just dumpster fire like every week yeah. like like they just don't know yeah. what the fuck they're doing at all. Like they're they're making it sound like it's a complete amateur hour. Sure, there's gonna be those botches and stuff or whatever, but I don't I don't think it's to that extreme. I think there was damage done. It's probably since to be honest since the punk thing i think the punk thing is is the the biggest issue that wwe is still or wwe AEW is plagued by you know to to this point because of such a big talked about thing and i, I think people just kind of gave up on the product at that point and then it's just been that narrative the whole time i think so you know just to turn it back to mercedes you know can she do something to kind of make it a more positive i mean i don't remember her wwe run well i, I remember watching it but do you do you think she was like a big needle mover in wwe she really came into her own during uh covid like her and bailey kind of like held it down because when yeah, it, I, her, I her main roster, she came into her own during COVID, and their NXT run was legendary. And a lot of people like yeah. to say their series of matches are some of the best women's wrestling matches ever. And when she debuted on Raw uh, in SmackDown, when she was uh, being used on on those shows, I thought she did really well, and they did treat her as a main event star. In the last part of her career in WWE, there were issues because she wanted to build up WWE women's tag teams, and it wasn't reaching that level that she thought was promised to her when they initially introduced those tag team belts. And you pair that with uh, pay, and she felt like she wasn't appreciated enough, and probably the Vince McMahon stuff. I'm sure there's a lot more behind the scenes revolving around that. And yeah, she she left. She started touring, going around the world, going to Japan, and now she's signing with AEW. Now you t mentioned something with uh, with AEW and talked about how there were things that were blown out of proportion. But the biggest issue a lot of folks talk about is in terms of storytelling, and it feels like there is a lot of dream matches that are jumbled together, but it's not attached to something that is like uh, story based. Do you think? Do you think that's accurate? I don't think and, that's accurate. Not not a hundred percent accurate. Well, yeah. so 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 let me let me ask you this: If we look at AEW's the picture of AEW right now, the upper, mid, lower card, can you name me the the biggest rivals and stories right now that are happening on AEW? I think so. Give me one. <laughs> uh, Blackpool Comic Club versus all those guys from CML right now. Uh, Tony Storm, I I feel like she has like four segments a week. Yeah, Tony so. Storm has a lot. So I mean, like just like to talk about like the women's division. He's been definitely kind of you know putting the spotlight on those on those girls, Tony Storm and all them. Deanna Perrazzo, she's been getting a lot of opportunity lately. Um, okay. so I, I think there's a lot there. And okay. then Mariah May, like they're slowly building her story within Tony Storm's story. Brian Tony Storm is Tony Storm feuding with someone specifically, or is there like a series of women that she's interacting with, and they're all just kind of involved with Tony Storm and the women's title picture? Uh, it seems to be Diana Perrazzo right now because they're building that match um, to uh, Revolution. 
So there's been a lot of segments with her that have been pretty good. They had that little press conference thing. That was pretty good. Good energy. I mean, the the storyline is there because, I mean, they talked about the little tattoos they got when they were New rooming Japan. to New Japan and all that. So there's there's a lot of that person personal shit kind of there. So, I mean, th- there's stuff there. And I think... I think they just need to do a better job. It just like just stacking collision and stacking, you know, dynamite. Cause you have like guys like JY and stuff like that. Um, you know, on the male side, Brian Danielson. So they're doing, they're doing well with, uh, keeping Willow Nightingale and Chris Statlander together too. Yeah. They're, they're you know, good. Like Julia Hart and sky blue. Mm-hmm. When Mercedes signs and all signs point to her showing up at big business and the tickets are, so someone on X or Twitter said it's so long, 15 minutes or whatever. That's inaccurate. There were actually tickets that were still available. When I looked on Ticketmaster, there was a section that was still open. Maybe it's gone by now. And as of this recording, whenever we upload this onto YouTube, perhaps it's completely sold out. But Either way, it's it, it's good good news for Mercedes and for AEW. Where does Mercedes fit in AEW when she gets there? Where do you guys think they're gonna put her? Is she interacting with Tony Storm? Is she doing her own thing and interacting with you know former WWE stars like Soraya? What do you think they're gonna do her? What what do you think they're gonna use her for? I mean, Rival. sky's the limit. To be honest, I mean, it could go anywhere maybe maybe thunder rosa i don't know if thunder rosa has a program right now but um i mean tony storm or whoever is going to be champ because is that is that before revolution or after revolution right after yeah so i mean for sure anybody whoever is the champ at that point there's going to be that feud i'm guessing so and i mean if if it's true with the uh wwe creative stuff that she left because of that reason i think I think Tony Khan is enough of a, a cuck <laughs> to to give her like essentially whatever the fuck she wants to do. So she can she probably has free reign for storyline and women's creative and stuff like that. I bet you it has something like that's probably her contract. So she probably is going to be like a kid in a can- candy store when it comes down to the yeah. booking decisions and stuff like that. So, yeah, I can see her going right for like the main title scene already. Like right off the bat, to be honest. But um, yeah, like with her, I mean, like, you know, yeah. you're paying, you're yeah. paying her. She's probably the highest paid wrestler in on the globe. I'm assuming because if WWE couldn't or didn't want to shout out the money, and Tony Khan could, there's no way that she isn't the highest paid wrestler on the globe right now. There would make, there would, there's no sense at all if she wasn't included in the title picture so i feel like she should you know show up debut and and be in a be in the title picture or be in the conversation about being in the title because she is the money maker you want to make her the face of the women's division i could see i could see her being like the female kind of like cm punk effect i I think she has the potential to kind of do that so i mean i'm sure that specific dynamite that's going to be kind of make or break but i'm guessing there's enough hype behind it where that initial kind of shot in the arm is going to be highly effective um because then like people also made the argument that you know punk didn't eventually like didn't move much you know as as the his like tenure kind of went on there 
until you know he kind of fucked up but we'll see i mean when he left and after all that drama the it feels like the the ticket sales for various shows did lower after he left and maybe it wasn't just because of cm punk maybe like you said it was partially word of mouth or social media conversations or just disappointment in the product as it is right as it stands right now because there are there have been issues for them selling out shows when it comes to their weekly television shows and that's that's you know that that's that's not just speculation or just someone's opinion on twitter that's actually true right well, the, were the shows like already like not selling out even like within the tenure of like CM Punk leaving by the time he left? Like, were the shows already kind of like going downhill? Pretty it, attendance. It was pretty good, I think, until like was there was a lot of hype in that 2021, 2022 sure. time period. But I've honestly never seen such a, a mutiny against AEW with the fans because Punk, you know, like quit or got fired with whatever happened with the whole situation. Because I remember seeing a lot of people love Punk and then hate uh, WWE. And then he, like, you know, he left and then he went over to AEW. Then they all came over to AEW and then he gets fired there and then goes back to WWE. And like, oh, yeah, fuck AEW. I'm like, man, this is so weird. Just fickle. I mean, just, like, that's just your average wrestling fan, I think. You know what I mean? Is it? I don't know. They're serial reading their dirt sheets. Yeah. yeah. I that agree, too. though. Fan- wrestling fans are fickle and they're opinions historically have changed on certain wrestlers depending if they're a face or a heel or or if they finish the story or whatever it is a lot of people are saying that once cody rose wins the belt everyone's going to be tired of cody rose and they're going to start complaining about him but (laughs) it's possible when he turns into super cody yeah exactly the cena effect i mean for sure it's gonna happen but but i think at least with cody rhodes he has the ability and uh, this might be dependent on wwe because the reason john cena didn't turn heel is because of the merchandise sales so that might be also a reason why cody rhodes doesn't turn heel but this is a new era and we'll touch upon this later with the press conference as triple h alluded to during the press conference it's a new era they are doing things in a different way, and that press conference definitely showed that. But let's move on to Kazuchika Okada, who is also allegedly heading to AEW, according to Fightful Select, after wrapping up his NJPW career. He just he finished was... yesterday, as of what? Sunday, the 11th. What was that? He just finished yesterday. Oh, yeah, there you go. Exactly. He finished just yesterday as of this recording, which is February 11th. But, guys, by the way, it's not <laughs> – It's we – do know our dates. Um, he was the top wrestler in New Japan. And according to Fightful Select, he is joining AEW after he's finished, which was the other day. It's not officially finalized, but AEW has been confident for several weeks with discussions starting back in mid-January. And his AEW, AEW debut will be after fulfilling his NJPW obligations, which was yesterday, possibly in March. There, I think, personally, they might do a one-two punch of debuting Mercedes and then Kazuchika Okada at the same time. Because I think they did that with Brian Danielson, and I forgot who the other person was. But Adam Cole. There you go. They did both of them the same night, and I think that's something that he'd probably go back into his bag of tricks and, and do again. 
the deal that he received allegedly is more financially competitive than WWE. And there are a number of wonderful matches you could do WWE and AEW. But it looks like all signs point to Kazushika Okada going to All Elite Wrestling. What do you guys think about that news story? Do you think that's a good idea for him? And where do you want to see him in AEW? I think it's great for him because he doesn't really, because of the fan base that AEW has, if he's in uh, titleless programs, it's not really going to affect his aura. And then the minute he gets a title, it's just going to be like going up. Yeah. And I think with AEW, there isn't that much of a buildup that you would need to do as opposed to WWE. WWE is a massive global brand. And I think th- I, there would obviously be a significant, there would be a, a good portion of the audience that would know who he is. But I think it would require more of a slow introduction for Kazushika Okada in WWE versus AEW. Tony Khan seems like he has a bottomless. Pick pit of money, and he probably threw as much money as he can at him. And the the amount of dates that would have to work, and I think also that collaboration with New Japan. And I'm not sure where their collaboration or relationship stands right now, but I think that's also a partial reason why he would go to AEW more, because he could potentially still be doing matches under AEW contract, but working in New Japan when when they want to do you know a deal together but i think i think it's a good idea what do you chris what were you gonna say i was gonna say i wonder if it was true with the uh like he like if he was in wwe he had to move to the united states versus he can be in japan and then just show up whenever he needs to be here for like AEW. i wonder how much that played a a role or if that's even true because i don't even know if that's true like you have to oh, live here in the West if you're with like WWE or whatever. I mean, a lot of your dates are primarily in the United States. There are global events and tours that they have, but a lot of their dates are in the United States. I mean, so does AEW, but I no, think house with, shows. Yeah, that's the other thing with house shows that they don't have as stri- as difficult of a schedule with uh, AEW as they do with WWE because you have all these live tours that they do in small cities in between shows during the week. So you're doing Monday night raw, you got like two or three house shows in between, then you're going to SmackDown. And then it's, you're basically on the road for like 300 days of the year. I think they've slowly shifted and adjusted that schedule. But um, I think for Kazuchika Okada, it seems like AEW's contract and, and deal is a much more lucrative and tempting offer. Um, And again, the conversation about how he's going to be used, similar to Mercedes, and historically people who have been signed up with AEW, like Jay White, like Adam Copeland, people of that ilk who are super top tier, and and the pattern kind of, you would say, is um, a mixed bag in terms of how they get booked. I could see, actually, I just had a... Uh, epiphany i guess as far as like his booking i bet you yeah. I, I bet you money that brian danielson wins that triple crown and then that's the feud there because he had that feud with okada last time i think it was he had one match or two match or something he was supposed to wrestle him at wrestle kingdom or was that supposed was that just a rumor or like that's what people wanted or he got injured or something somebody got injured 
What happened? Wrestle Kingdom didn't go against Zack Saber. Oh uh, yeah, maybe it was Zack Saber I'm thinking about, but he 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 fought uh, Okada in AEW, right? For was that Forbidden Door? Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, there's there's the feud right there. That's that's what I'm guessing is is where it's gonna go. So Brian takes the triple crown off of Eddie Kingston. Boo, boo, and then yeah, and then you know, cause cause did Brian Danielson does he have a, did he have any gold? Was he champ? He wasn't champ. He has not had any gold right. in uh, AEW yet. Right. So I mean, that's that's almost obvious now. That he's going to be triple crown champ, and now you're going to have Okada v. Brian Danielson. Now I wonder how he's like the presentation side. I mean, he's not an English speaker, so I wonder if he's going to have like a mouthpiece or something. I wonder. No, in real life, he keeps a translator with him. Okay, I wonder if he's going to bring him in for like any segments, because I mean that's going to be important. I'm guessing. How how has AEW historically dealt with Japanese wrestlers who speak? mainly japanese like riho or suzuki they don't really they talk just, they don't, they just have a match they got kenny it. back there yeah but he does he's not he's not doing translations for every japanese wrestler during promos do they like do they even give them promos do they just show up and do a match and then they just do a get match. the fuck out of there <laughs> no. all i remember they just speak as best as they could and that was just honestly good enough i mean Takeshita, <laughs> i think he I, I'm pretty sure I remember him just cutting a promo in Japanese and then it was just like, they just, I guess, understood like what he said, like, uh, mm. what's her name? Moxley's wife. <laughs> like she would already Renee just, Paquette. there you go. Uh, like she would just know what he said, I guess, or whatever. Or, she was like, yeah. Yeah. Or that one guy who had his, uh, his, his phone translate, like he would, he would have it talk <laughs> for him. I love that. I forgot his name though. They're all like characters. They speak their native language, and they all just understand each other. Right, mm-hmm. right. Yeah, you got someone speaking Japanese. You got someone speaking French in the same room, and then a bear is just growling, and they all somehow understand each other. They all understand each other. At least when Tekken, when they're all doing that, there are subtitles, and I think that's one thing WWE what does well is at least recently like shinsuke nakamura just giving him the opportunity to create these promos that are pre-recorded but they tell a story in his native language and then you just throw some subtitles on there i think that's super effective so if there's anything that they take from uh, AEW takes from them and gets inspired by i think that's something that would be smart yeah agreed what after AEW Revolution? What is their next pay per view? Was it, was it double or nothing? Yeah, double or nothing. Double or nothing. May. Do do you, do you feel like so? You think his first match or feud is going to be with Brian Danielson, and do you think it's going to be in Double or Nothing? Yeah. If I had you, to, if like his debut match, where would you put him? Would you put him on a Dynamite or Collision, or would you throw him on a on a pay per view first? Um, honestly, I would have him appear on a, like on a collision or dynamite. Like maybe not have a match. The match yeah, the match itself would be the pay per view, but like have him appear on TV. Mm-hmm. You know, get him established that way. Maybe help the ratings go up too, and the attendance. Right, segments for sure. So you would you would you would announce him being on dynamite next week or whatever. Like they they started getting better with that because like before it would just kind of be like day of you know advertising of like a person but yeah like just advertising ahead of time on this date you're gonna see this person this person big business big business here slaps roof of car 
Yeah, I mean, I think that that initially they're going to show him, they're going to show him off, and then he's going to have some conversations or promo work, and then eventually they'll throw him on a pay-per-view. I I don't know if I'd give away his match on on free TV, but I feel like Tony Khan's done a number of, like, dream matches on, like, a dynamite or collision without too much promotion. Eric Bischoff playbook, baby. We hot shot. Oh, you know who they could put him with? They could put him with Eric fucking... Eric Bischoff in like WCW 2000. Playing yeah. The ship was sinking. <laughs> yeah. They could what put him saying? with... Uh, they could put him with Ric Flair. You know what I'm saying? True. Mm-hmm. And how... Is there, how did Ric Flair say how long he's going to be with AEW? Basically until the wheels fall off or he's dead? Well, it like, sounds... Sounds like he said until I'm guessing Sting retires. Maybe he's done then, but I don't know. Well, then he Wait, we'll stay, I'm with you for the end of my revolution. <laughs> you say what? Oh my gosh! Oh, he said that he was gonna stay with Sting till the end, but like he didn't say anything after that. So yeah. I don't know. Assuming revolution, then, but maybe he's got a longer deal because I think didn't they announce his um his contract? How long it was, or no? They had that information yeah, somewhere. Yeah. Something we could somewhere find out. Internet. What about Woo Energy? Are they still showing Woo Energy on every episode and drinking it and having yeah. graphics up? Woo Energy. Oh, yeah. Woo. What, about, what about Woo Wings? <laughs> Are they just Woo doing close ups of greasy ass wings <laughs> every other match? I didn't even know about that. I, yeah, I saw that video. I don't like. Was that just like a temporary thing? Is he also just like attaching the word "woo" to like wings and whatever? Wings. He's I a guess brand. No, no. More power to you, I guess. Sick, yeah, man. I mean, that's... yeah, he basically icon that word. Huh? <laughs> I mean, that's what I would do if I can't wrestle anymore. I'd just be doing car insurance yeah. commercials or uh start a reality show or going big brother 56 or whatever it is and not getting paid and not getting paid exactly <laughs> just keeping the truck well he I probably think- needs the money though <laughs> uh well yes because i feel like he's styling profiling but he's also blowing through that money and he probably needs a uh financial advisor just because yep. of all the styling and profiling he was doing for the past 40 years, 40 plus years. Yep. All right, that's enough about Kazushika Okada. Let's jump into the biggest story of the week. WWE WrestleMania 40's kickoff press conference happened this past Thursday. The biggest thing that everyone talked about was who is Cody Rhodes going to pick? Is he going to pick Roman Reigns? Is he going to pick Seth freaking Rollins? Roman Reigns came out, gave this giant speech, said that he chose The Rock. You heard a bunch of boos. You honestly heard it, it truly felt, and I think this was because it was a public event, and basically anybody who, and this was also super last minute, anybody who was a casual fan who kind of liked WWE and super hardcore fans, they were all bunched together in this one area. And as a free, and now that you see in a free event what the reaction is, it was, it really felt like 25, 25, 25, 25. <laughs> it was like, Rocky sucks. Let's go, Rocky. Cody sucks. Let's go, Cody. And there were certain guys that did Cody sucks. And then let's go, Cody at the same time, according to certain people who were attending there <laughs> from uh, the press conference. Um, Cody count, uh, so Roman chose a rock. 
Cody Rhodes came out, said, this is bullshit. Gotta bleep and, that now. Yeah, exactly. Well, put put in a beep or, you know, put in something funny in the sound effects, like a quack or a horn or something. A toilet. A toilet. <laughs> a toilet flushing. Um, and there was this giant brawl in, between Seth Rollins, between Cody Rhodes, The Rock, and Roman Reigns. And let me backtrack a little bit. The Rock came out and got a mixture of cheers and boos. And when he started putting the microphone to his mouth and starting to do the finally thing, then the boos got louder. And you can tell when he walked out his his um, his aura and also just the way he approached the conversation in his promo felt not what he normally does. Like you could, you, I don't know what it was. I don't know if it was the energy or whatever it was, but it felt heelish. the mana. Yeah, exactly. It felt heelish. Yep. And I, it felt, I, I felt uneasy. I was like, wow, this is weird. I don't know where he's going with this. And then he pulls it's up his PowerPoint time. presentation, his uh, Google slides or presentation and pulled it up on the projector and showed the screen of the bloodline. And it had this giant tree basically putting anyone who was involved in their family and wrestling on that tree and went into this, this whole speech. And it felt like 1997, 1998 rock. It felt like corporate rock. And it seems like that's where they're heading with the rock and the bloodline now what do you guys what did you guys think when you saw this segment your initial thoughts as you were seeing it play out and the aftermath uh of smackdown of what triple h said on smackdown what what do you guys what do you what are you guys feeling right now because i am feeling i like i sent you guys this during during the, the chat i was like saying oh this is good oh i don't know if i like this and then i sent the yeah. the gif of like i'm in a glass case of motion because i'm like i've never at, or at least I haven't seen this from WWE in a long ass time of yeah. how they approached a storyline in this way where they I, allegedly pivoted, but now that they pivoted, now they opened up the doors to this completely new reality of what is possible in WWE. Just share your thoughts. Just start. Yeah. Just share them out. I, I like, I, I have a lot to say, but it doesn't matter what I think. Okay, well then, uh, Andres, what do you think? Yeah, I absolutely love it. Um, I didn't like watch it from the, the beginning. Like, I I saw clips of it on YouTube, but when I put it together, I was like, "Wow, this is really good." Like, it's it seems really personal too. At the same time, and like the Rock's involvement, and yeah, the the, the dividing of the crowd, and the Rock's not really, really not really being used to that again. You know, like he was either the mostly hated guy or he was the most loved guy. You know, like. And then when he did like the movie star thing, then he was like heel again, but like people still liked him. But like, so this is kind of getting to that territory again where like, yeah, we're seeing like the heel rock kind of come back a little. And he's also like pulling his authority to like, oh, like telling Triple H to fix it or he's going to fix it. And, yeah, you know, like, I'm like, damn, like, so that Triple H is involved. He, I, did he tell, I saw in the comments section, I didn't read it, but like someone said that the rock told Triple H, um, you're lucky that you can't like fight in the ring anymore. Did he say what that he, to him? What, like, he, what he actually said, he, he, he they blurred out because he said the 
at the F he dropped the F bomb, but it was in reference to Cody. He he said he was gonna smack the freaking teeth out of his mouth or down his throat or whatever it was. So that so that that's what they blurred out. Um well, did the but Rock yeah. tell Triple H that he was lucky that he can't fight anymore? I didn't. I didn't hear that. And I and okay, okay. Yeah. I was like, wow. But no, still, you know, it's it's actually really cool. It's it's really cool seeing the Rock and Triple H still have such an impact to a story that doesn't involve them in the main event. You know, playing the politics, especially with Triple H. You know, like Triple H was always like he he had some kind of politic like pull as a heel. You know, McMahon Helmsley era, but now he's like the good guy doing it. You know. So it's it's really cool him pointing that out that like you know the he's at the final say and the Rock's not happy with it and I don't know I love it this is probably one of the first buildups I absolutely love going Rock, into WrestleMania. Rock is trying to revive kayfabe by going on the Pat McAfee show yeah. and talking about Cody crybabies. He's like yeah I mean that's yeah. perfect. He's like this shit's real. Everything like, involved yeah yeah basically it's how it's feeling you know. Yep. He said you nerds ruined my main event. <laughs> yeah which is which is good i think i think that because it, it does have a lot of people like fucking heated up over over this for sure like people are like emotionally invested and that's that's the cream of the crop when it comes to like storylines and and stuff like that so you want that and this is bringing it it's like fucking nuclear right at this point not only yeah. that but there's all there i mean there's been this ongoing discourse about oh this was planned since january and dave Meltzer essentially gave like 50 scenarios but didn't oh he couldn't be wrong but he, yeah exactly mm. he basically Ed, dave Meltzer, fucking he idiot that this was covered <laughs> since january sean rossap and fightful select and they've been more accurate in terms of more storyline so i kind of lay, leaned more towards him where he essentially said that there did seem to be a pivot with the uh, just purely if you just look at the SmackDown uh, segment where Cody Rhodes came out and he had this uh, interaction with Roman Reigns and he mentioned that not WrestleMania thing. And that is such a sticking point to me because it just didn't make any sense logically why you would say that. And if this was the long term plan, why would you throw put that line in there? And then you had the whole we want Cody revolution quote unquote for like three or four days and you had a this giant stink about it and they played it out and it seems like they pivoted but what i what is what i'm essentially saying i don't think it really matters i don't care if it's duck season or if it's a rabbit season where if you remember the acme cartoon they keep ripping that off the tree um it doesn't matter it to, doesn't to matter wrestler it, it it's it's perfect and i really like that if it was long-term planning great good job questionable about that specific line fantastic if they pivoted also awesome because you just opened the doors for something very intriguing and if you if you pivoted on if you turned on a dime and you made this this angle and made it so intriguing I am excited for the future of WWE and their storytelling because I think Vince McMahon was the biggest bottleneck and vice around the neck of storylines and just stopping and starting certain things and not having things flow or, you know, long-term storytelling was almost non-existent in WWE. He's a little tied so, up with some other stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm super... <laughs> super happy with where they're headed um Me but too. 
Yeah. Any what? Any other thoughts? Like, what, where do you guys think this is heading? Because we had SmackDown on Friday, and this Triple is H probably going to air after Raw. So maybe they're going to there's going to be additional details. But Triple H kind of they kept leaning into it. Triple H looks like he's the face uh, authority figure, and it seems like they're doing this wrestling between uh, the WWE management. So. You got the, you got the umbrella of Endeavor and TKO, and then you have WWE as their own company, and they're underneath this umbrella, and they're in their bubble managing and doing their thing. This is their product, and then you have the board of directors and everybody above, the people, the executives, and people who essentially gave The Rock this uh, position, and they're leaning into it. They're actually using this actual role that the rock has as as a member of the board of directors as part of the storyline where do you guys think this is headed i mean like immediately I, next um immediately and even where do you hope to see it in, in the future like what immediate and in in the next couple of months and year i mean first sure, i i wonder what what rocks like contract or whatever you want to call it i mean i guess it's not a contract he's just an employee of the of the company right um but like as far as like the the timeline and involvement of what like where is it gonna go because like i could see him past like SummerSlam doing this thing he he could potentially be this like just heel you know like kind of i hate to say vince mcmahon boss type but you know just the the heel boss or whatever um so i could see i could see him doing that but i could also see him like let's say he's like a special guest referee at wrestlemania i could see i I forget who actually mentioned this like possibility like storyline but they were saying that like the it might it's gonna be roman and cody and then you got the rock as as a referee and then like he starts to see like you know whoever uh solo come out and and all them and start doing bullshit during the match and he's like oh that's like not what my ancestors want and then you know rock bottom roman one two three but i don't know you shall see that would be interesting i can see triple h turning heel too though because it's not the first time he was like the corporate face and then like he you know he did a dan o'brien um you know i I, I could see i think he threw that all out the window after he almost died yeah but also, just how change you, man how all the time. Yeah, yeah. But how would you how would you thread that needle too? Because the, the bloodline has been a heel uh, faction. The heel faction, yeah, yeah. The rock is. Yeah, I feel like the rock is still a tweener. Like he's mm-hmm. he's he is doing heel stuff, but I think he's gonna. Um, He's essentially healed. say like you just disrespected my family and i think anybody would do that so but I, I i do think he's a heel but i think there's some wiggle room where he can say if they wanted to be like oh well we don't want to do heel rock he can still flip back like at wrestlemania and like you said maybe potentially turn face flip on roman rock bottom which i hope doesn't happen honestly i would like for cody to pin him clean instead of having you know interruptions on yeah. behalf of certain people i i would like for I, this three and a half year reign to actually end with like him being a clean pin but andre said i can no. see what i can see what chris said actually being what happens but i can probably see him not the only part i don't see is the rock doing what you're saying Marson, not 
not interrupt the match to where it would decide who the winner is. Like he might stop all interferences if anything, but like it still would be a clean match down the middle, and you know, not unless Roman Reigns cheated in and the Rock would be the equalizer. But I can see him seeing like the potential of like you know Solo jumping in and him stopping him. It's fun. I've heard. You guys think of yeah, go for it, and then I'll ask my next question. I've heard that they're gonna try to do like two matches, like it'd be Rock Roman one night and then it's Roman Cody. But then it's like I that that sounds terrible because it's like, okay, well if they if it's Rock Roman, let's say Rock wins or whatever, or I guess it would be Roman winning, right? Hopefully, because that would make more sense instead of putting Rock over. Um he's already kind of worn out from that match. So there's a lot of just like that kind of narrative the next night is like, oh well he couldn't win if it if he was like fresh or whatever. Um so I've heard that. I've heard tag team, but maybe that's like an elimination chamber thing. In a tag team match. I also see like utter chaos too. I can also see like the whole bloodline showing up and then maybe like Orton and um, Seth jumping into this to help too as well. I will be like, curious to see where where like those like big big uh big time wrestlers where where they end up on the wrestlemania card because there's so a lot of uncertainty in terms of the world heavyweight championship picture what did you guys think of seth rollins role in that press conference how did you feel he was portrayed did you think it made sense from a storyline perspective i hated it oh for real i i kind of liked it (laughs) too passive for rollins too cooked yeah well yeah exactly i mean like it just it was this combo of just like him getting roasted by roman on was it raw or smackdown, on SmackDown yeah on multiple shows they just kept yeah. shit in there. <laughs> and then this was just like a continuation of that like it didn't make him look strong at all like you know it's like he was kind of like cucked out by just standing there the whole time you know it didn't really say anything back like they just kind of like bombarded his ass he said you know loser bracket all that shit you know, so he did. I think it was a good way to build it up for later, though. Yeah, and he did, when he was interacting with The Rock, he did bring up the board thing. Like he said, just because you're on the board doesn't mean you can do whatever the f you want or something along those lines. And I think uh, that's what he said. <laughs> yeah. So that that was that was cool. Like he got he got that jab in. I don't know if that was planned, but I think if he was thinking on his feet, that was smart. And again, uh, the, what we talked about leaning into that position as a board member, I think is very, very good storytelling. And I also hope it's not going to turn into like traditional, like Vince McMahon, Stone Cold Steve Austin stuff. I feel like you could get a little more nuanced, like more, more gray area than that. Like not just clearly bad heel. I want more of like a, like a Yakuza style, like power struggle. And they have motives that are a little more... <laughs> uh explained and it's more gray it's not just like oh i'm a bad guy and this is why like i think it's more interesting when there are shades of gray than just clear good guy and bad guy negan and rick gonna have to go to remediation with nick Khan. yeah these segments (laughs) i like how when the i'd live for that i'd live um, when I saw the podcast, or I'm sorry, not the podcast, the uh, press conference the first time, I saw it on Instagram, but it wasn't uploaded by WWE. Um, but it was funny because, like, so 
whatever pages was, they they allowed all swear words and stuff. So the microphones on the on the on the wrestlers, they were when they were fighting each other, man. I heard like f bombs and like shit and all that, like they're just being thrown back and forth. So it was like a real like like a UFC face off kind of thing. So. I thought that they, was haven't, they haven't done that either in a long time. Like there, there are occasional things that they'd say like bitch or ass or whatever, but they really yeah. kind of leaned into just like the real part of like how they might actually re- react if they got slapped or if they got in a fist fight or yeah. probably backstage talk and they get upset, you know? Yeah. It's definitely creating that realism. Like for that aspect. I mean, like I said, it felt like on a personal level because even I was watching, I'm like, Oh damn. Like, yeah, I had to remind myself cool. it was fake. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it was a little heated. Yeah, you don't you don't have two, you know, like essentially combat sport companies and not make it as like real as far as like interactions go. I think I think that PG like shtick and stuff is kind of like more or less gone. Like, sure, they're not. It's not like they're just gonna be purposefully doing some crazy shit on TV. But I think there's just a bit more of that, you know, disgruntled reality kind of a thing. Like, as if if I was actually gonna fight a motherfucker, yeah, I'm gonna act this kind of way. Like, actual, I'm gonna throw some words yeah. out. So, I'm guessing that's where they're going with this. How long do you think the bloodline story arc and in tandem the rock? this whole feud how long do you think it's gonna last I, it's obviously another not gonna, year yeah i don't think it's gonna be like oh this is a, a wrestlemania angle and i don't even think it's gonna be like oh they're just gonna end it at SummerSlam. i think when brian gewertz who's uh the writer with the rock and he does a lot of his segments and now they've kind of uh mi- mixed him in with the other wwe writers and he used to be a former writer for uh R- monday night raw i think for at least 10 or 15 years what like you, you it's probably going to be at least a year right if not more i mean that's you guys think? i think i think the bloodline thing can be like an arc like the roman arc ends and then you got you know the rock arc right and that goes on for like a while freezes leadership exactly there's some samoans that are free agents right now too yeah right i mean but you do, you, start- do you think they join the bloodline or do you think he'd be like an enforcer for cody rhodes you're saying Rock being an enforcer for Cody? No, I forgot the name of the the wrestler you mentioned, but Zilla and Jacob are both free agents. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't would know. Would it be like they... a fight within the bloodline for leadership, like the Rock would want it or something? I like mean, that? they've had internal conflict. They've had the whole yeah. is Uso. They did the SummerSlam match. I I feel like it'd be interesting to have wrestler uh, part, family members who are part of the bloodline to be debuting but not actually being the bloodline like just being on the outside and maybe being on cody roadside just to have that dynamic that's a little different and maybe they, they can offer a different perspective you know because then it'll just feel to me personally i don't know how you guys feel it'll just be like you had solo sokoa and now you're just kind of like bringing in more solo sokoa Two more solos people yeah, yeah exactly so now you're just having solo sokoa and I guess Jimmy Uso too, because I don't know what they're doing with Jimmy Uso right now. There's another person too that can very well be part of this. No, also the Rock's daughter. No, ye. The Rock's daughter. She's yeah. daughter. Yeah. With all those yeah, death threats. Yeah. Naomi. For yeah, I feel I feel that, that's the other thing. If you guys didn't see the Bloodline tree, Naomi was on that tree too. I thought they were just going to be like really? doing. I know. You know. They forgot Zilla though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's only Umaga's I, I, son. I'm kind of curious about 
if, if it was like a slip of the mind and they just didn't feel if they, if, remember including them or if there were deliberate decisions made when they were creating that tree and specific om omissions did, was tamina the, the snookas aren't related are they like they probably fucking cut their palms and high five too <laughs> they're part of that other branch that kind of extended over there well but I'm going to be interested in seeing where, if Naomi, if they're going to acknowledge, and I'm pretty sure they've already done this, their mar her marriage to Jimmy Uso, right? She's not married to Jay, she's married to Jimmy. Married to Jimmy, yeah. Yeah, and they're both on SmackDown, and so is most of the Bloodline storyline. I want to see her involved in that, too, because that's just another layer that they haven't really explored, like having a woman wrestler part of the Bloodline. I think that needs that layer should should exist and they should be exploring that part um in in a different way maybe involving women in, in the the women's division into the bloodline like that'd be that'd be awesome that would be cool actually yeah yeah that's how, that's why i think the rock daughter would be good for the bloodline because then it would make the rocks involving it even more interesting too as well exactly because like, she's actively the gm of nxt oh so. i didn't know that well Right? Or am I making that up? I'm pretty no, sure that's GM of NXT. Yeah. And she's she's kind of being an assistant to Nick Aldis. Sort of. Like a shadow type. What is Sean Michael doing? I thought he was the guy in charge of NXT. Well, he's 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 like the Triple H kind of role. Oh, so like not, Triple H is in a GM, he's but he's in charge, you know? He's in charge. Okay. Okay, okay. Yeah. Actually, maybe... That'd be kind of interesting too. If Sean was with Triple H during this whole thing, like his reactions to everything, just to put, hey, whatever. <laughs> Honestly, like the main thing that I get from this is that I think you guys all feel what a WWE or storyline pattern is. Like you can get a sense of where it begins and where the peaks and valleys are and what is the eventual outcome. And this angle, I feel so uncertain about where it's going and i like that feeling yeah that same. initial like confusion about the press conference and i don't know where they're going with this that's not a feeling that i normally have with wwe um and honestly wrestling angles in general there's like clear like good guy bad guy title um insert uh mask guy swerve this is me wrestling yada 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 i feel like they can get really intricate and, and uh complex with with this angle and i hope i hope they do you know and i'm just super excited for it because i i can't predict what's going to happen next and that's a good thing and that's not something that you can really say for wwe in the past 15 I mean, 20 years triple eight said you ain't seen nothing yet he did but a lot of people say that you know so he just has to put his money where his mouth is true you know, and there were other segments on the press conference. We had interactions between, uh, well, we had Bianca Belair who, who brought up her, uh, reality show that is currently streaming. If you guys were interested, boom, uh, Rhea Ripley and Becky Lynch also had a face off. So they are alluding to her potentially, um, winning the elimination chamber which we'll get into in a couple of seconds and again seth rollins was overshadowed but he is having a world heavyweight championship match at wrestlemania it's just going to be interesting to see if he's going to be doing more than that 
Because even Big E was like, are they doing a tag team? Because it really felt like a clear division between like two and two. And what was the point of Seth Rollins being there? I guess besides being that other option. But again, it just made him look less than. That that was it. But like, I feel like that's all they had. They was like, okay, we need to have him out here. So you it still looks like there's a decision to be made but with like you know the way roman was kind of carrying himself and the things he was kind of saying it was like more like okay well that's like there there is no other option like this is this is the angle here you know so yeah because it just would have been weird if if cody came out he's like yeah it's gonna be seth after all that shit that he was saying that would have been weird a downer it's pretty weird how they keep referring to the Seth Bell as like the loser's bracket because like Seth didn't lose to Roman. Yeah. That's the other thing. In he that never, title defense. Roman has, has Roman beat Seth Rollins? He has, but like he's alluding to the fact that he hasn't lost since having the WWE title, but right. he got himself DQ'd at the at two Rumbles ago Yeah, in order to oh. retain against Rollins. See, that's the thing. I feel like it's like the thou doth protest too much kind of thing where I, where it seems like Roman Reigns as a character maybe is a little insecure and he's slinging all these things at Seth Rollins mm. because he knows that he's never beaten him. And I don't know where they go with that. And I hope they have a plan with Seth Rollins because you guys, they're, they're planning out these things and they're going out and, and maybe Roman Reigns has some kind of leeway and like those... Those um does it work jabs, for me, brother? Yeah, those oh. jabs at Seth Rollins, maybe they were off the cuff, but I feel like they have bullet points and that might be part of it. Cause they would have told him, Hey, don't do that, but then he did it again at the press conference. So there's gotta be something there. I, I hope. Maybe, maybe <laughs> maybe what it is is like, you know what, we're just gonna chuck the world heavyweight championship and just go back to one belt. But that would make no sense because they're having a title match, but that's just me thinking out loud but we talked about Rhea Ripley speaking of Rhea Ripley speaking of what is happening after this press conference where are they going we have a pay-per-view in between now and Wrestlemania and that's the Elimination Chamber which is happening in Perth Australia approximately two weeks from now on February 24th. And there are a handful of matches that they've announced. There's Ray Ripley versus Nia Jax. They have an elimination, they have two elimination chamber matches, which is tradition. There's one for the women, and this one determines the um challenger for Rhea Ripley. So far, as of this recording, they had Becky Lynch and Bianca Belair. There are four more. Uh, contestants, contestants, <laughs> wrestlers uh, who were going to be joining them. And on the men's side, there's the men's elimination chamber match to determine Seth Rollins' World Heavyweight Championship contender uh, match. And that's Drew McIntyre and Randy Orton. And again, when we upload this, this will be after Raw. I'm sure they'll determine two more that we have four more folks who are going to be joining the Elimination Chamber. And we have the Tag Team Championship match. We're going to have Judgment Day and Pete Dunne and Tyler Bate going for the Tag Team Championships. So let's talk about the Elimination Chamber, our predictions, our thoughts going into this match. We talked about the press conference and where the storyline of the Roman Reigns, The Rock, 
Cody Rose and the Bloodline uh, are headed. Where this this stop along to WrestleMania? Where do you think they're gonna cr- put a match in there at Elimination Chamber? Something revolving around them that might uh might be put on the card because I feel like there are a number of ways they can go about this. But I want to hear what you guys think. Um, I think wasn't wasn't there some kind of agreement to like having Elimination Chamber in Australia like. Like part of the deal was to have the rock present, I guess, or a match or something. Never, I haven't heard that one, but Australia is pushing for it hard. Yeah, I I think, I mean, there were things that happened in between, right? Or uh, since the Royal Rumble, like CM Punk was going to face allegedly Seth Rollins at WrestleMania. So there were that is gone and thrown out the window. And Seth Rollins isn't going to... I don't think Seth Rollins is going to be in a match because he still, they wouldn't risk him wrestling in a PLE this early when they're hoping he is good enough for WrestleMania. So why would they put him in a match a month early? You know, I, I heard yeah, yeah. talking about a potential tag team match. Like doing that tag team match that Big E talked about between uh, Cody and Seth versus the Rock and Roman Reigns. I don't know if they'd do that at Elimination Chamber. Just from just purely based on Seth Rollins' injury. I, it just doesn't seem like it makes a lot of sense unless he he's in the match but just doesn't get tagged in. Is is think? is that chamber match is that for the World Heavyweight Championship? Yeah. No. Yeah. Now, it, another question is are they continuing the lineage of World Heavyweight Champions from Big Gold or is this just like okay, Seth Rollins is number 1? I feel like they, well, I feel like they, they've changed it as they went along. I think initially when they created it, I wasn't sure. I don't know if they were attaching the big gold lineage to it, but recently they have been talking about how it's the belt of, you know, Dusty or whatever. Like they, they've yeah, started talking about how it's that, yeah, the worker's belt. They've been talking about how it has that lineage. So it sounds like it's the big gold belt lineage. Okay. Nope. It's not. I just looked. As of right now, it's not. But um, that could always change. Because at first it was, and then it wasn't. I think. I but think. Makes, I think it was uh, just something Seth wanted to say. I think because depending where the storyline was at that point, he was trying to you know hype it up as if it was you know that that belt that you know Dusty wanted or had. Um, it looks just like it. Yeah, I mean that's that's the obvious glaring. It's like okay, it's clearly like based on that specific belt except with the giant ugly wwe logo on it um <laughs> but i'm i'm here for drew that's yeah, who i want dm hunk yeah dm hunk that's who needs that belt i think i think he's he's done such a good job with you know just kind of like attaching himself to the cody stuff and then trying to you know obviously <laughs> segue into the the seth stuff obviously um i think i think he'd be he deserves that reign of like with a crowd because he was the wwe champion like covid so he needs he can add that prestige to to that world heavyweight championship belt you know puts on great matches with everyone too yeah he's just good he's overall just a good guy and i mean if if seth is like patient zero or whatever for this belt then yeah he's we need somebody else now. Because who who's in this match now? Who's in this elimination chamber now? Do we know? 
Right now, we had Randy Orton win his match against Sami Zayn. Drew McIntyre is qualified. He won his match. And then there were a number of other contenders. We got Bobby Lashley versus Bronson Reed coming up. Uh, Whatever match Dominic Mysterio ends up in. I believe LA Knight's in it. LA Knight versus Ivar. Yeah. Uh, There's Liv Morgan versus Tori Stark. Did they do that yet? I don't remember. I don't think so. No. R-Truth versus J.D. McDonough, I think. Oh, no, that's not for the Chamber. That's just... Oh, uh, yeah, it's just an upcoming match. I was going to yeah. say, damn, they could put the belt on Truth. That would have been, been funny. <laughs> Even a while. They should just give the belt to him. I'd be, I wouldn't be upset. He should just run out there with money in the bank, even though it's Priest. Uh, Dude, I bet you they should. Oh, that'd, my that'd God. That'd be hilarious. Can you imagine Priest it. cashing in on, like, <laughs> Cody winning? <laughs> Dude. Can you imagine that? Yeah, that'd be that crazy. Part two, that's the second book. Jesus yeah. Christ. <laughs> he wins it, loses it seconds later. Jesus. And then it's a it's, it's like whole judgment they celebrating Somebody's gonna pull a fucking gun out if that happens. <laughs> that's God, what I'm fucking happens, bro. He's got fucking people doing like death threats over like not only the Cody Road stuff, but like the Sasha Banks mm-hmm. stuff. Like there's some crazy ass people. <laughs> Yeah. He technically finished the story if he does win the title. There's no, there's no like actual like aftermath to it. I guess it just is. It's gonna win. That's it. Win like, at WrestleMania. Adam Dude, Copeland's it. TNT Championship reign of all one minute or two minute or whatever it was. No. Didn't, Ray, didn't it happen to Ray Mysterio? That's why. Ray Mysterio at least spent a whole episode of Raw. That's oh, true. Yeah, exactly. Well, most Roman of- got cashed out on after he won at TLC, and then Sheamus came and broke kicked on the hell. Yeah. Actually, Ray Mysterio is one guy I'd like to see win the big belt one more time. Like is, before he retires. Is there an expiration on that money in the bank briefcase? The next money. The next one. Before there's two, you got to use one. Right. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be funny. <laughs> I mean, that's that's the mystery now. I mean, over each go for each uh, belt. He <laughs> wins both. Of them. Can he cash? Man, have two oh, money in the bank, cash in both, and have both belts won. He fails to cash in on SmackDown, and then he wins money in the bank on Saturday. Oh, <laughs> that would be funny. Right, He's got the record right, for the most failed attempts. I think like seven or something right now. I, I don't even think it, well theory also failed a, a ton he theory failed so much that he was like i'm gonna use this on the u.s title because this ain't working out because you can use it oh on God, any belt right about that. yeah yeah I forgot about that. and they're like why and he was like it's impossible to cash in this damn briefcase with all these samoans running around here <laughs> i mean not verbatim but like like for me yeah for me logically it made no sense but the yeah, bloodline that he uh, <laughs> went for the U.S. belt instead. Every time he would try to cash in, he would turn into a super kick party. Yeah, super kick party. So we have Pretty also a, a bunch of other matches that are um, announced for Elimination Chamber. What like we have? We have the championship match for Ray Ripley versus Nia Jax. Do we think that Nia? Another bloodline member. Do we think Man. Ray Ripley's gonna? We don't think she's gonna lose in Perth, Australia. Do we? She's not gonna lose. Yeah, no, not in Australia. Yeah. 
That's true, too. I think it's a safe bet that she won out with. Do you think she's going to get a huge pop or it's going to be crowd goes mild? In Australia? Huge. I don't know. I don't, I don't know what an Australian crowd sounds like. And I don't know if they've ever done like a stadium in Australia before. I'm sure they've done it. They play a didgeridoo. <laughs> Yo, get the kangaroo. Give me Roger. Get the nah. kangaroo. Roger and Jack. Uh, that, that's the one thing I'm going to look forward to is just like what is a what is a Australian crowd in a stadium? What is their what? Wh how are they going to react to these matches? That I always enjoy those kinds of things. Is it sold like, out? I don't know if it's sold out. I'm sure it's close to selling out. Well, I think it's it's the effect of just like there is like almost no wrestling, and there might be like independent stuff there, but it's like they don't have major events like that come through town so i'm guessing nope. it's going to be like high high energy just like uh all in all out or all in all in or all, yeah. out. <laughs> all in no it's first in then out all in and yeah. Then all out. yeah 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 yes because i think you're saying like it's just the theory of like diminishing returns so i think all out is or all in jesus christ is is it's uh, there's a lot of people who bought tickets but it's still not reaching that level as last year and i think it just might be yeah. because you know you're coming back to the same place twice i think you they're know. restricting more areas that have more production this year too yeah so we talked about ray ripley nia jackson we all assume that Rhea ripley is going to retain her belt what about for the elimination chamber match so we got becky lynch we got bianca belair potentially Liv morgan zoe stark who else who else goes in the chamber jade cargill i think i think jade's going in there. probably uh naomi i almost called her trinity naomi yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to think who else. So what what belt is that for? Good, I don't think so. No, I don't think the Kabuki Warriors are going in there. I think they're gonna no. contain the uh, damage control stuff between them. Sure. So is that is that chamber for the World Heavyweight for the women's? Or yeah, they're facing because that's why they had the press conference because Becky Lynch was facing off with Ray because she's saying she wants to win and face her. I'm pretty sure that's where it's gonna go. I I'm, I was like, wait, did they never really have a match? I, I apparently they never had like a match for uh, the title or uh, a feud like this. So it seems like Ray Ripley and Becky Lynch are going to <laughs> WrestleMania for the title. But I'd like to see. I feel like Jade Cargill's gonna be in the match, and she's gonna do a number of spots and show off how strong she is. And hopefully they. Ray Ripley and Bianca Belair, or Jade Cargill and Bianca Belair get a match at WrestleMania. Like, that could be a good, like, in-between match. Because I'm sure they'll open it with, with like, a championship match or something crazy. And then you're going to want something in-between. And Jade Cargill, Bianca Belair, that should be an interesting match. I mean, there's two nights, oh, that's, too. There's two yeah. nights. But I think their placement is still going to be somewhere in the middle. But you know what? To be fair, like I feel like that's a match that can get the crowd hyped up because you you always want to be at the beginning of the show and at the end of the show. So I feel like that that's that's a potential. Um, 
And for the men's elimination chamber, do we all assume, like, even if there are other people who are going, do we think Drew McIntyre is winning that? I, I think so. Because, I, so I mean, like, he just the position he's been putting himself in and, like, his, his importance in all these segments lately, I think he's he's the more obvious one. I mean, Dark Horse would be L.A. Knight, but... That's I, true. I didn't think I about that. I think L.A. Knight's on a, a path to a match with AJ Styles. Yeah, I think so. Mania, or also Logan Paul. He was also he's also waiting for uh, uh, an opponent. opponent for his United States Championship match, and True. they threw him in the in the chamber. But he also mentioned like, "Hey, you were supposed to get me a, an opponent for that." So that'll be interesting. What was that go. segment? He was like getting some reps in or whatever. Who was? Well, it was Kevin Owens, I think. Didn't he like splash Kevin Owens with some water? He was like doing some like thing on youtube i think they had like a video of him like interacting with kevin owens i think oh, it was yeah, kevin that, owens. that was right before their uh their was it rumble match oh that's right because they did oh, that that's right yeah. true like in a ring right all right so i guess it's gonna be uh, la night for that united states belt perhaps he need i think he needs some kind of gold because he i don't think his popularity died down at all but i think he needs that extra boost by winning a championship match um, on the main roster. And we Same. haven't seen that yet. And hopefully, if it's not Drew McIntyre in the Elimination Chamber, I hope that LA Knight wins because he is also a person that I would like to see really shine this year. Fuck, 6 a.m. though? Motherfuckers, man. Well, I, you, know what, <laughs> you, know what, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to wake up whenever I wake up that Saturday, and then I'm just not going to open social media or anything because you know if our timeline is following all these profiles, they're going to show every single result and image of person you know, winning that belt or whatever it is, that championship. So I'm just going to like wake up, get my coffee, not touch my phone, Turn on the TV, go on Peacock, and then just hit play, and then just watch, Jeez. and then just do that. Lucky you, I gotta work. Oh well, there you go. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. But you could catch the replay when you're. I'll done watch it with my cereal. Right. Exactly. Yeah. With my breakfast, my coffee. That's cool. Andres, do you have Peacock? Because if you don't, I could I could throw you on there. You oh, I do not actually. That'd be cool though. <clears throat> yeah, because I I feel like if you're on the podcast, you should be getting this material. <laughs> this is a this is the bloodline right here by by blood oath. We're gonna slit our hands and shake hands. <laughs> um, uh, did you have two streams at once? Though, or... <laughs> did you have two streamings at the same time though? Or is that? Yeah, I mean you could have multiple profiles. Okay. I think right now we have three on there. I'm pretty sure I could fit one or two more. NBC's sure. listening right now. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> As soon as we upload it. Watch <laughs> <laughs> you guys. They're going to announce they're doing the Netflix shit. I, honestly, I'm, I'm effective immediately to that. I'm looking forward when everything just goes on Netflix, because then I could be like, OK, don't need this. Don't need that. Man, I wonder what, what what's happening with that Warner Brothers Discovery shit with AEW, though. They're staying. If they didn't get WWE, they're staying. What with like the streaming though? I wonder how that's going, or if that's still a deal, or what's going on with that? Because that'd be sweet. Yeah. It seems like the play to do. If if WWE is doing Netflix, like AEW can do Max Net. or whatever. 
I mean, they didn't bring up bring it up when they were talking about streaming collaborations. Mm. You'd think they'd mention AEW. I mean, I it's sports entertainment, but you'd think you would still mention that in your press conference mm. or press. They don't even have TNT on FUBU. <laughs> that FUBU only on FUBU or on um, the Travel Channel or whatever it is <laughs> for us by us when impact was on there well i think guys that is a wrap for our third episode of shy town shoot podcast please don't forget to like subscribe rate us and leave your feedback tune in next time for more wrestling madness until then keep marking out <laughs>